Welcome to Authors Are Rock Stars, a podcast dedicated to YA lit and rock music. I'm Michelle. And I'm Allison. And it's time travel month on the podcast, as in, oh my gosh, it's already October. <laughs> Seriously. Or possibly, you know, with a little time lordy theme in here because I'm such a geek and I love Doctor Who. Michelle, again? <laughs> I know, I bring it up all the time. I'm sorry. Oh, but that's why we love you. Aww. But before we get to our time travel interview with Tamara Ireland Stone, let's talk about some time travel book picks of the month. Okay, I love time travel, but apparently other than Tamara's books, which we're going to talk about in the interview, I haven't actually been reading any time travel lately that we haven't already mentioned in previous episodes of the podcast. So I'll just mention that I am eagerly awaiting John Stevens' next book in the Books of Beginning series. I've talked about it before. It's kind of like a Harry Potter-esque fantasy series with time travel. So it's really cool, and he totally left us hanging with the second volume. So I'm going to need that third book soon. Anyway, I'll also mention Myra McIntyre's Time Slip trilogy, Hourglass, Timepiece, and Infinity Glass. We had Myra on the show a couple years ago, and both she and the books are smart and fabulous. Clearly, I need to catch up on my time travel readings, so I want to hear what you've been reading, Michelle. Well, my choice for this month is the Ruby Red trilogy, which just wrapped up. I devoured these books. How can you not like it? Time traveling, beautiful costumes, great friends, handsome boys. It's got it all. And fun fact, our friend Laura Post does the voice of Gwyneth in the English dub of the German movie. Are you serious? That is so awesome. Yay, Laura! All right, I am putting that on my to-watch list for sure. And without further ado, we should get to this great interview we have for you guys. We are so pleased to be chatting via Skype with Tamara Ireland Stone, author of Time Between Us and its sequel, Time After Time, which recently came out from Disney Hyperion. Thanks for being with us, Tamara. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Oh, this is awesome. I loved your books. Thank you. So, Tamara, could you kick things off by introducing this two-book series to our listeners in case they haven't read it yet? Sure, I'd be happy to. So, Time Between Us and Time After Time are companion novels. It's a two-book series. And Time Between Us is the first book. It's told from ben- from Anna's point of view. And Time After Time continues the story from Bennett's perspective. So, I think of them... As contempt with a twist, they're really written in a more contemporary style, and both of the stories are set in the real world, but they have a bit of a sci-fi twist. So Bennett is a 17-year-old time traveler who lives in San Francisco in present day, and up until the beginning of the first book, he's using his awesome talent to go back in time to see his favorite bands play in concert or to rock climb all around the world. But then he makes a pretty serious error in judgment, and he finds himself in 1995, and that's where he meets 16-year-old Anna Green. And now Anna is a cross-country runner. She's gunning for a scholarship. She works at her parents' bookstore. And she dreams of traveling the world, you know, but she's happy with her life. So she's not looking for her, for him, and he's not looking for her. So, of course, they find each other. (laughs) So (laughs) ultimately, both books are really about two people who are never supposed to meet but do and who fall in love, even though they know from the start that that's a really, really bad idea. But, you know, they feel strongly that they're supposed to be together. So Time Between Us is more about whether or not the two of them can stay together because there are a number of challenges in their ability to actually be in the same place at the same time. And time after time is more about whether or not they should be together, given the fact that they live not only 2,000 miles away from each other, but 17 years away from each other. Yeah, they have some pretty complicated challenges to deal with. 
<laughs> yes, they do. More so than any other long-distance relationship. <laughs> <laughs> have you always been interested in time travel? Did you watch Doctor Who? And how much research have you done in time travel theories for this series? You know, a lot. I've always been fascinated by time travel, and I, I love, I love sci-fi movies and books. And but I really like the idea more about if you could go back in time to a specific point in your life and make a different decision than the one you made. How might that affect everything about your future? Every little thing that happened beyond that point. So I really like the idea of of thinking about time in that way, being able to go back and do do something different. And not because I have any big regrets in life. I don't have that moment that I'd go back to and change because I'm really happy. <laughs> I like my world, but it, it just fascinates me to think about it in that way. So I really, I really enjoyed in, in this book being able to think about, okay, if you could go back, you know, four days or five days or five minutes and do something different, how might that domino effect uh, impact what happened next? It's so it's so interesting, and actually, I was wondering how did you choose like 1995 as a time to go back mm -hmm. to, as opposed to like 1895. I loved that. It was so cool to have it be like a somewhat recent past. Thank you. I and I love that about it too. I have to say, and I, you know, for me, the, the idea really came to me when I was I was exploring Bennett as a character, and I knew I wanted him to be 17 in present day, and I just did the math and figured out that that would have him born in 1995, and that just kind of clicked with me. I felt like that was such a great year. I loved the 90s. I loved the, the early to mid 90s for me were just a fun time. I loved the music. I was living in San Francisco. I just, I thought it was a really fun time in my own life. So that kind of clicked and felt right. And then the other idea that came out of that was the idea that the rule, his time travel rule, that he could only travel within his lifetime. And that kind of made sense to me because I thought, you know, as in, in thinking about time travel logic and how it might work, could you really go back to a time before you actually existed? I don't know. It just seemed like it would make sense that you could only travel within your lifetime. And then you have the complications, of course, about not being able to run into yourself in, in one of those past moments. But I just thought it would be fun to kind of not, not go back. You know, I felt like that had been done before, that going back to historical points in time. And I thought it was just kind of fun to limit it and, and keep it just within his own 17-year lifespan. It was really fun to read, and it's it's kind of like uh oh for the teens it almost is historical, which is sad. Right, <laughs> I know. It's old, but I can remember it vividly. So that was a lot of fun for me to read. Exactly. When I was living in Evanston, where it takes place, my then boyfriend, now husband, was in grad school at Northwestern University, and so I set it in. Evanston, because that's where I lived in 1995, so to bring myself back was kind of a time travel experience of my very own, right? I felt like I'd been forgetting what it was like to live there. It was the first time I'd lived outside California. It was a lot of, you know, lots of firsts for me, lots of big winters that I wasn't used to and, and snow transforming my backyard overnight and little <laughs> things like that were, you know, it was fun to remember what that was like. And so that's why I said it there. I thought it would be it would be kind of a fun experience for me to go back through that time in my life and, and relive it a bit. And so that was a blast. Although, you know, that town's changed a lot. It's very different. But I remember when I was there thinking, how cool would it be to be a high school student in a college town like this? Because, you know, your whole world changes every May and August as college students leave and come back. Mm. So I remember being there and thinking, how, how interesting 
interesting would that be? So, you know, that's really kind of where Anna's character came from, this girl who works in her parents' bookstore, and, and the bookstore caters to the university community, so she's kind of got this constant ex- exposure to the college life, but, you know, still really in her own high school world. I just thought that was fun for me to, to set it there and think about it from that perspective. I love that. Did you have to do a lot of fact-checking, or did you just write completely from your own memories? Oh, no, I did a lot of fact-checking, and, and you asked me earlier about time travel research, and I, I've spent a lot of time doing a lot of research on so many things. I just recently did a series for the League of Extraordinary Writers that'll actually be going up tomorrow. You might want to change that for, <laughs> for your timestamp on the podcast, but I was going through all the things that I've researched, and I, I use this program called Evernote, and it's pretty crazy with all the, the different things that I've researched, very deep on time travel theory, but also... Evanston itself, you know, remembering what that was like and taking my little tour through Google Maps and experiencing that. And as you know, if you've read the books, the story takes place in other parts of the world, too. So there's a big world travel aspect. So I spent a lot of time researching that as well. And then there's also the research of the music, which is really fun because you kind of feel like you're wasting time when you're bopping around looking at, you know, this old Coldplay show in Munich in 2000. (laughs) Four. You're like, am I wasting time or no? Is this research? Well, it's, no, it's no, not I'm wasting time this research. at all. Yeah, and obviously, <laughs> music is a big influence for you, and the concerts you know are featured heavily throughout these books. Do you have like a most memorable concert you've ever been to? Oh, I have a lot of wonderful memorable memorable concerts. One of my first one, my first shows was Prince, and I stood in line for 17 hours. So this is back when I was young, and I'm not sure why my parents let me sleep in front of a record store with a bunch of other strangers. <laughs> But they did. But that was fun. So yeah, I actually like sat in front of a record store, but I got fourth row tickets to like an early Prince Purple Rain concert. So nice. That was fun. <laughs> but probably nice. one of my favorite, favorite more recent shows is uh, was the Foo Fighters. I'm a big Foo Fighters fan. So we got to see the Skin and Bones tour, and I was on again something with a number four, which happens to be my favorite number. But I was in the fourth row, really, really close in this high school auditorium. So Dave wow. Grohl was so close, and I could, like, see him chewing his gum, and it was just <laughs> awesome. It was such a great show. So That's amazing. Those are the two that stand out. <laughs> that is so cool. I was curious, was Anna and Bennett's story always intended to be two books? Because the first one wrapped up, like, pretty nicely. There was definitely room for more, but it wasn't a cliffhanger. So how was it decided that it would be two books? Good question. And yes, I sold it as a two book series. So we we knew from the beginning that it would be two books. I personally like books that finish. So I really wanted the story to finish. I wanted time to Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) You're welcome, you're welcome. I I just like, I like a story to to start and end. So I really wanted Time Between Us to feel like a standalone book. And if you want more, if you'd like to see how the story continues from Bennett's point of view, you can pick up time after time and that one also finishes. So I just felt like I, I didn't want to force people to kind of be waiting for the next book and, you know, feel like they had to get it to see how it ended. I think mission accomplished. And I think readers really value that because it's like, oh, look, a sequel. Like, what a nice surprise. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, right. in suspense for a year. <laughs> I'm glad it feels like that because that's really, that was really my intention. I like that it could they could both be standalone. I'm not sure if I think of time after time as a standalone as much. I feel like you really, you get more out of the story if you've, if you've been introduced to all those characters in time between us. True. So I, you know, I don't know if that one stands alone quite as well on its own, but you know, I think if, I think if you read time between us and, and it's, hopefully it's a satisfying ending. It is, but I think people will definitely want to pick up the sequel no matter what. 
what because it was so satisfying. So yay! Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I certainly hope they do. I'm, I'm really proud of the second book too and I'm excited to hear what people think. Awesome. You should be. Well, we were going to switch gears here a little bit and talk about you as a writer. Did your sure. teenage self know you wanted to be a writer and how did you get started? Oh yes, my teenage self, you know, I don't know if I knew what I was going to write. I don't think I'd ever tell you that I knew I was going to write young adult fiction. But I've been writing forever, and in fact, it was kind of funny when I I kind of kept this a secret when I was I was first writing Time Between Us. So I have five little kids, and I'm the co-owner of a marketing firm that caters to the software industry. So I had a big job, and I wasn't necessarily in a position where I had a lot of time to write. But I really the story just kind of grabbed me and didn't let me go. And I thought I would just do it in my spare time. But it was funny. I told my mom finally that I was writing this book, and I thought she was going to say. Uh, are you kidding? What are you doing? You don't have time to write a book. And instead, instead she went, it's about time. <laughs> really? That's awesome. Isn't that, isn't that cute? So that made me feel better because I thought I was going to get kind of, kind of scolded. But it also just reminded me that here's this person who's known me my whole life and she knew how important this was to me, that writing's just always been important to me. So yeah, I've always written for myself though. And until I wrote, gosh, I was probably three months and six, seven chapters, more than that, maybe, into time between us before I showed any of it to my husband. So no one had ever seen my writing until this book. It's just, it's always been something I've done for myself and been really hesitant to share because it felt like, my, you know, my pastime and my thing. And, you know, and I think when something's that close to your heart, the fear of criticism is really real. Yeah. So, you know, sharing it and knowing that I was putting myself out there, even to somebody I trusted, like my husband, was incredibly scary. And so I'm getting better at it now because I have to be, right? <laughs> it's out there with a lot of people. For sure. But it's still kind, of, still kind of strange to me that I'm more open with my writing than I ever was because it was just my, my my little thing and something I did for myself to bring, you know, bring me happiness and take me away <laughs> in a way a book couldn't, right? You know, I read a lot too, but some and, and I love how books take me away and plot me down in another world for some period of time. But having this book in my head for so long and writing it and thinking about it and forming it myself was just such a unique experience and I'm, I'm totally hooked now. Awesome. I'm so glad that it all worked out that way and actually you must have like psychic powers because you're perfect with these transitions. We were talking a little bit about moms like you're encouraging yes. mom and time management with everything you do as a mom and a business co-owner. So we have to ask how do you do it? How, how did you really manage <laughs> to add writing and being a published author onto all of this? Oh, it wasn't it wasn't easy. And I, I don't know. I was so inspired in those early days of writing Time Between Us that I just kind of felt sucked into the story. But I, I've said before, I couldn't have written this any story. I couldn't have written a book or taken this on really at any other time because I think I emotionally needed to be ready to do what I said earlier, to kind of let my writing go into the world and let it be okay that people were going to like what I had to say or not. And that's that's cool. But I think I also needed technology to get to a stage where I could use it to really help me craft a, a story and capture those little moments. So I don't think you can say, I'm going to sit down and write a book and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sit here for four hours and write this book. If you've got, you know, if you've got another job and you've got small kids and other responsibilities. For me, I had small pockets of time and I had an iPhone. So I would drive around and think about my story. I, I was never driving and typing, let me be clear. <laughs> but, you know, when I'm driving alone in my car, maybe to go 
pick up my kids, I'm thinking still about the story. And when I get there and I'm parked and I'm waiting, I just jot, jot down a few notes, things I wanted to capture and come back to later. And that, I think, helped keep the story in my head and keep it real. And it gave me something tangible to work with when I got back to my desk and I had that time. I was on the freeway a lot, going back and forth to meetings with my clients. And I, I usually listen to music in the car and that brings me lots of joy too. But I would turn my music off and just really think about a, a scene that I was working on and just kind of get myself in that mindset. And when I got to my meeting, and, and I live in the Bay Area, so I'm often in traffic and, and not sure. I always leave extra time to get to my meetings because I never know if I'm going to be there. It's going to take 30 minutes or an hour. So I'm often early. So I would get to the parking lot and I'd open my laptop and just jot down some of the things I'd been thinking about. And sometimes they were full-blown scenes. You know, sometimes I could write a whole scene out just from the parking lot. And then I'd, you know, close my laptop and go into my meeting and do my my thing. And on the way back, I'd kind of do the same thing, be thinking about my story again. So I just found if I could use those pockets of time to think about the story, and then when I had a second to jot it down, that's what I would do. And then I stopped watching TV at night, which, you know, I kind of miss. I, I still do because I don't watch a lot of TV and I love television. But, you know, when I'm really in writing mode, I don't I don't miss it. I go into my own little world and I open my story and I start working on it. So I, I found I had more time than I thought I did. And, you know, I, again, I kept capturing those little moments throughout the day, I think is really useful. I didn't have an hour or two sometimes to sit and write when I was at work. I would do that at night after my kids went to sleep. Right. But during the day, you know, finding those little moments and finding, you know, 15 minutes here, 20 minutes here. I think if you tell yourself, I don't have time to write a book, then you're not going to have time to write a book. If you think, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to write a book. and I'm going to figure out how to use those little five-minute, 20-minute windows to do something, you know, other than what I was probably doing before, you know poking around online, looking at, you know, looking, at, so looking at things, right? So I just found ways to not, you know, to use all that time as wisely as I could. I love that. That's oh, that's awesome. I, that is such great <laughs> advice. Talk about using your time wisely. If, you know, if you want to do it, I think you can make it happen. That's very true. Well, what are you working on now that Time After Time is out? Okay, so I'm really excited about my next project. We just announced my, my next book, and it'll be a standalone. It's called Every Last Word, and I'm thrilled because I get to work with my editor and with Disney Hyperion again. But this is a story about, we've pitched it as Glee meets Silver Linings Playbook. So oh, it follows this competitive like that. It follows a competitive swimmer with OCD and she struggles with her position among her friends. And then she meets this quirky girl at school and she introduces her to this innocent looking poetry club that's hidden below the school theater. And there she meets this very lovable cast of misfits that I just am kind of in love with. They're so they're so interesting. And uh, this boy with an acoustic guitar and a gift for verse. And she starts to feel like herself and starts to discover her kind of inner poet and feels accepted for the first time in years. But then you'll find that things in this, this room that I call Poet's Corner aren't exactly what they seem to be. Of course. So it's going to kind of stay in that same contemporary with a twist kind of category, mm -hmm. right? It's still... Contemporary style written in the real world, but there's something kind of interesting and not quite right going on. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm ready to time travel ahead to get that right now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today, Tamara. This was super fun. Thank you so much. This has been a blast, and I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much to Miss Stone for joining us on the podcast today. Her book, Time After Time, is out this month, so go check it out. 
It is so awesome. Her publisher is awesome, too. So a big thank you to Disney Hyperion. And we'll catch you guys next time on another Authors, Authors Are, are rock stars. stars.